Well, good morning. Well, welcome to LifePoint today. You know that's Waldo in, the, in there, right? Just making sure. Who got that? So, okay, good. So the rest of you are like, okay, now it makes sense, okay? If you don't know who Waldo is, just Google that. You'll figure it out. Well, we're in the last week of this series called Found People. And what we've been talking about is what found people do. And by found people, we mean people who have made a decision to be a follower of Christ. People who have said yes to Jesus, that believe in him, uh, have normal behavior that sometimes is called extreme or radical, but we just have this normal behavior that go along with people who follow Christ. And we're going to be talking about it today. We talked about it last week and the week before in this short three-week series as we get ready for this big day next week called Show Up Sunday. And Show Up Sunday, we're asking you to do two things. Show up because we actually meet every single week. So show up next Sunday and bring somebody with you. And don't worry about where we're going to put all the people. We will figure that out, okay? We can get more chairs in here that are in here. We'll figure it out. You show up. You bring somebody with you. And we will do the rest and let people know how they can get connected. Because people who are found, we discovered in this series, end up finding people. It's a normal thing for found people to find other people, to be so moved by what Christ has done for them to say, we must find other people. One of the first things that I did when I became a follower of Christ is I sat down with a pastor and it was on a college campus and I said, there are more of me out there. And how can I help you find more of me? or more Donnies, or more people that are, are, are just lonely, or more people that are directionless. So it's a normal thing for found people to find people. Another thing that found people do that's normal when you look at what followers of Christ did in the scripture, found people tell their story. They tell other people their story. Now, the reality is many people don't do that because it's scary. And so if you were here last week, I gave three little categories that we can all use to better tell our story. If you missed that message, just go online and watch or listen. But it's as simple as saying what my life was like before Christ, what my life was like, or what happened when I met Christ, and what my life has been like since. Before Jesus, how I met Jesus, and since I met Jesus. Everybody's story of being found by Christ can be put in those three categories and told in a compelling way that helps other people see what it's like to be a follower of Christ. And so today I'm going to talk about, as we wrap up this series, something that hopefully will encourage every person here to take a step. It won't be the same step for everybody because most of the time when we teach, we want everybody to take the same step. Found people, find people, so go find people. Found people, tell their story. Everybody take the step, learning how to tell your story. But today what I'm going to talk about will, it, it will, it will, depending on where you are in your journey of faith, it will hopefully encourage you and inspire you to take a next step that will be different for many, many of you in the room. So I have been in some dangerous places. I, I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie. And I'm finding that when I get older, I think I don't do it as much, but I think about it just as much. But I, I love getting that adrenaline rush where you're just not sure how things are going to turn out. Like, I could get hurt, maybe die, but this is fun, and I enjoy it. And can anybody relate to that? Like, okay, the, there's some normal people in the room, right? 
I found myself in some dangerous places. One time I was with a couple guys on staff, we're in Guatemala City, and we're staying in this house that's like, it's barricaded. There, there, are, there are bars up, there's, it's in a community that you have to prove who you are to get in, and we're staying in this house, and we get thirsty, and let's go get something to drink, and I noticed there was a gas station a couple blocks down, I said, let's just walk down to that gas station. And so we walked to the gas station, Guatemala City. We, are, we get back, and the lady that's kind of over the house, she said, where have you been? And I said, well, we just went and got, you know, I want to get a bottle of water, iced tea, something like that. And, and she said, that's the road where people get kidnapped on all the time, especially Americans. And I was like, that's awesome. We, we made it. We made it all the way down there, and we made it back. I was in a really dangerous place. I think a lot of people today, right now, in this room, are in a dangerous place. You may not know it. You may know you're in a dangerous place. But that dangerous place is what I want to talk about today. And hopefully you start to see it. When our girls were little, we, being an adrenaline junkie, we bought dirt bikes. Got them a little one. Got me a big one. I'd ridden dirt bikes growing up. I just turned 40, and I was like, we're going to do this again. We're going to get dirt bikes again, and y'all, I'm going to teach you two how to ride this. And, and so we get it. It's dark when we get home, and I, I, there's a whole story that goes with this. involves a concussion in the hospital, the whole thing. I'll tell that another time. But so I got their little dirt bike first, and I'm teaching them how to ride it, and our youngest gets on it, and she's on the, in our driveway, and she just, I just said, you give it the gas. And she was like, as fast as it would go, and, but it's in neutral. And our driveway's a little slanted, so it rolls down the driveway. A lot of people, right now, you might feel like you're in neutral. And there's some danger in being in neutral in life, whether it's relationally or spiritually or emotionally. Because when you're in neutral, you are affected by whatever's around you. Whatever's around you determines your direction, not you. When you just sit in neutral, you're not going forwards or backwards, you're not going any direction, you don't have it in drive, you're just sitting there in neutral, that's a dangerous place to be. Because you are not determining your direction and where you go. You're just going to be, what, if you're on a hill, you're going to go down. If you're, you know, you, everything around you determines your momentum when you're in neutral instead of you. So as I talk today, I hope that those of you who feel like you're in neutral spiritually, you start to think, well, I, I need to take a step and get out of neutral. And if you've been around LifePoint for a while, we say all the time what we want everybody to do is to be able to determine where they are spiritually and then take a step. That's not the same step for everybody. That's why when we say we're all about helping people connect with God, that's a bit of a general statement. Helping people connect with God is general could mean a lot of different things. That's why it's general. It's on purpose. So no matter who you are, no matter what your background is, no matter what's going on in your life, you can determine where you are, and then we can help you take the next step. And you might think, well, I, I've been following Christ. I've been a Christian for many years. I've been found. Isn't that good enough? See, following Jesus indicates movement, which is why you don't hear us say a lot of we don't use the word Christian that much because it started to mean a lot of things it doesn't even mean. Christian just means like Christ-like or little Jesus. That's literally what the word means, but it's just become another title. And so more often we say we 
invite people to be Christ followers because following requires and implies movement, like you're going forward, you're following Jesus. And unfortunately for many people, Jesus grants salvation and then they just kick it into neutral when it's the very point that we need to move forward. And so one of the things that found people do, found people keep growing. When people who are found just enjoy the salvation that God has given them and they just put it into neutral, that's not what God intended. Found people keep growing. We're going to be looking at what some found people did in the New Testament after they accepted Christ. After they said yes to Jesus, what did these found people do? And found people don't do things in order for God to love them more. Found people don't do things so uh, God's going to make you more saved than, than not. Found people do things to grow because the, the more, as we get closer to Christ, our desire to grow should increase, not decrease. And so following Christ is a decision that saves you for eternity. Growing in Christ is a decision that helps you enjoy all the benefits of what it means to be a follower of Christ. And so we want everybody to take a step. There's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now. If you don't have one, just raise your hand. They'll give you one of those. We're going to be looking at the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts is a book that tells the story about the first century church. People that were the first ones that said yes to Jesus after his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus' followers went out, spread his message, and people started saying yes. People moved from being lost to being found. People had lost their way and they found it when they heard what Jesus Christ could do for them. And so we're going to be looking at what were the first things that these found people started to do. Because the church grew from just a few thousand. Over the next couple hundred years, they moved into the tens of millions. How did that happen? It's because found people started to do some normal things. Finding other people, sharing their story, and taking steps to always grow. Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 41, says this. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. And what he said was, this is what Jesus can do for you. This is your... This is what the gospel is about Jesus forgiving their sins. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That is a snapshot of what it looked like in the first century when the first followers of Christ stepped out and said yes to Jesus. And that word fellowship... We don't use that word a lot, but 
He was adding to their fellowship. That comes from a Greek word, which the New Testament was originally all written in Greek, and then everything we read as a translation from Greek. So the word in Greek is ekklesia. And ekklesia wasn't a word that was necessarily a Christian word. It didn't really have anything to do with church. Ekklesia uh, just simply meant that it's a group of people who are being assembled for a specific purpose or a called out group of people to assemble for a specific purpose. So here, this group of people, the church, the fellowship, all these 3,000 people were gathered together and creating this movement of people that were moving from lost to found. But as we read these words, we can see, well, what do these people do? What did they encounter as they moved from lost to found? Later on in Acts 4, it says, very similar to what we just read. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt what they had was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. They were constantly taking steps. They were letting themselves get uncomfortable. And this is what these found people were doing. They were living in fellowship in such a way that people on the outside were wondering what was going on. They were inviting people from the outside to come and be a part of this new movement that promised eternal life, forgiveness of sins, and this community that together would feel God's love and support and power. And so based on that, a long time ago, the leaders of our church, we, we read Acts. We talked about what does God want to do in our city with us, in our time, in our generation? What do we believe God wants to do with us? It's not just have church one day a week. We know it's way beyond that. So what does he want us to do? And so we prayed, we I read the book of Acts over and over, and we started to formulate some words that help us describe, well, what is it that, that God really is asking us to do, and what can we do to be the found people that God wants us to be? So I want to give you some information. I'm going to give you a bunch of information, so if you're taking notes, write this down, that will encourage you, hopefully, to determine where you are and what step you need to take. And if you're at LifePoint for the first time today, this is a perfect day for you to show up because I'm going to talk about what the vision of our church is, why, why that's our vision, where we're going, and how you can jump in and participate. So you have shown up on a perfect day to find out about, well, what is this church all about? So if whatever reason that you're new to town or you're sensing this, that it's time to start going to church or go to a different church, whatever, whatever got you here today, this is a great day to hear about what our church is all about. So here's why we do what we do. The reason we do what we do is because we're in an area that, you know, there's 63 people a day new moving to our area. And 88% of those people are not connected to an evangelical church, meaning uh, that the way that's classified is non-Catholic. So 88% of the people in our area, this is Wake County, are not connected to a church home right now. And so that says something to those of us who are found people. 
it says that God has provided an amazing opportunity. And these stats came from the U.S. Census and also from a, from a study called the American Church Growth Institute that did this big study about how many people go to church in a given metropolitan area. And that's what they determined in our area were the numbers. So why we do what we do? Because 63 p- new people a day move to our area. Who feels that? I feel it. When I try to go up and down Capitol Boulevard at a certain time or, or you know, what used to be a small road is now a big road and, and you just feel it. And so why, why do we do what we do? Because there are people among us that need to know about Jesus and we want to help them get connected to a first century style church group of people like we just read about that are devoted, that are constantly growing and taking next steps. So our mission is helping people connect with God. That's what we want to do for the people that are out there just coming new. Help them get connected with God. And why we do what we do in our mission, it determines what we believe. What we believe as a church, not, not doctrinally, not necessarily all these fine points of doctrine, that would take a long time to explain. But what do we believe? Here's what we believe. We believe Jesus changes everything. We believe people grow in community, and we believe that every person has a mission. That's what we believe. Jesus changes everything. He said in John 10, chapter chapter 10, verse 10, I've come that you can have life and have it to the full. If people get in on that, it changes everything about them. Everything you could imagine changes when you understand Jesus came to give us a full life, and so many people aren't getting into that full life because they haven't said yes to Jesus totally and they haven't continually taken next steps. So we believe that Jesus changes everything. We also believe people grow in community, like the community I just read about in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4. The way we say that is we believe people should move from rows to circles. Sitting in a row like you're sitting today can inspire you and that's great and that's what we want to do. It feels really good when we're singing a song that like the words are meaningful and it's sung in such a way that all of us can participate and everybody's just feeling this worshipful, inspiring time together. But that doesn't last very long after you leave here. It kind of wears off. So you can't grow to the place you really need to be just by sitting in a row. So we want to move people out of rows into circles, meaning into community. We believe every person has a mission Every single person that's a follower of Christ has a mission. And so because of those things, we focus in a few areas. Like when we talk about our staff, when we're sitting, when I'm sitting with the staff and we're doing leadership stuff, we talk about how are we doing in these three areas? And these, these are the three areas. What we want to do when we fo- is focus on providing inspiring next steps. We want to focus on equipping leaders. We want to focus on multiplying the mission. Inspiring next steps just means we want to inspire you to take a step beyond right here. It, that might be a song, it might be a video, it might be a story, it might be a message, but whatever it is that we want to create an environment from the smallest to the oldest where people can take next steps and be inspired to do so. We also want everybody to understand that God can use you to influence other people. That is leadership. And we 
over the last, especially year in our church, we have put a lot of effort into creating a pipeline for you to learn about leadership, what leadership means, what spiritual leadership means. That won't only help you just here in your spiritual life, it'll help you everywhere else. And so if you're thinking, I'm not a leader, come and say, I want to be a part of this leadership thing that you're talking about. We got our next big leadership collective meeting that we had one back in August. We're going to have one again in late January. And we're going to get everybody together again, and we're going to talk about what's it mean to be equipped as a leader that points other people to Jesus. And then our focus is multiplying the mission. And we do that a lot of different ways, but two of the big ways we do it, we, we plant more churches. Based on the population growth, the amount of churches that close in our country, we need about 2,000 new churches a year just to keep up with the amount of population growth and the amount of churches who are cl- that are closing. So new churches are needed. And so we always have, we have two guys on staff right now that are leadership residents that are going to go plant new churches. Eventually, we're going to launch another LifePoint location. Today is one year since we launched our Wake Forest location. And we're going to continue to do that and multiply the mission. So that's why we do what we do, our mission, our beliefs, and our focus. That's everything you need to know about us. There's no weird thing like if you start digging doctrinally or come and talk to one of us, you're not going to leave going, oh, wow, that was weird. They hid that really well. There's not any weird doctrinal thing that you have to be concerned about. You want to ask, you want to ask leaders, you want to say, what do you believe about this? What do you believe about that? And you should do that. But you got just now everything you need to know to decide, is this a place where I want to continue to take next steps of faith? So that's what our church believes, what our focus is, what our mission is. Now, what should you do? Well, we want you to get out of neutral and take a step. Take your next step. And here's, here's simply how we ask people to take next steps. You are going to be described by one or more of these, everybody in the room. No matter if you followed Christ for many years, if you've been a part of this church since day one, or if you're brand new today, first day, everybody can take one of these steps. And the first one is really simple. We call it try five. Several years ago, we were sitting thinking about how can we continue to get people who are just, because a lot of people move into our area, uh, maybe people feel in a sense to change churches, and sometimes that's done in a healthy way, sometimes it's not a healthy thing, but we got to figure out, well, how can, we, how can we help people take those steps? And it all started with a conversation that a lady had with me one day in tears down front at another location where we were meeting at the time, and she said, we have tried out about eight different churches and we just can't find one. And we really want to get our kids plugged in. We want to get plugged in. And if you're here, you're, you remember this conversation because they're still here. And I said, why don't you just come for a few weeks to one place, maybe here or somewhere else. Some, just stay around a little while till you can figure out and discern. You can't just discern by going here one week and there one week and there one week. You, you'll, you'll just get confused and you'll never really plug in. So just light someplace for a while. I was sharing that in a staff meeting. One of our staff said, why don't we call that Try 5? And I was like, that is awesome. We're going to do that. People think I thought of it. It's going to be great. (laughs) And so we did. And we've given that to other churches. And now I see other churches, you know, doing Try 5 like they thought of it. And that's great. Doesn't bother me at all. But Try 5 is simply this. We just say, "Come, come back for five, come for five times. Come back. Put your kids in the kids ministry. Meet some people. Get in a group. 
See what a service team is like. Or just sit there for five weeks and listen and see what our church is like so you can be inspired to take a next step. So maybe your, your next step is come back next week. That's it. And for some of you, your next step might be, well, I'm just going to invite a friend. I'm going to bring somebody with me because there's big power in an invitation. An invitation is how I, I was invited to church. I ended up believing in Jesus after that invitation. So if you're here and it's meaningful to you, invite somebody to come along. It's a very natural thing to do. And for some of you, your next step is following Jesus. Making a decision like you saw when I read through Acts chapter 2, people accepted the message of Christ, meaning Jesus, I accept you as Lord of my life, and then they followed that up with, with the testimony of baptism. And that's baptism by immersion. We, you'll see people do that on video at the end of the service. Next week is our next baptism service. For some of you, you've been waiting too long to take that step and you need to take it. There's something that's holding you back, but you haven't done it for some reason. Well, maybe your, your step to get out of neutral is to believe in Jesus and follow him in baptism. And for many of you, this will be your next step. I'm going to spend more time on this because we're getting ready to start up a bunch of new groups. And that is connect in a circle, meaning get out of a row and go to a circle. And by that, we mean a group. So we want everybody to be able to do that. And we've got bunch of different types of groups, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're single again, whether you're a college student, whether you just want to connect with people in your community that go to our church and get to know them. No matter where you are, there's a way for you to connect. If you just want to be around guys in a group or just other women in a group, we have an opportunity for all of us to connect in a group. First of October, first couple of weeks of October, we're going to have several new groups starting and and we're just asking you to join the, this eight-week group experience. That's all we're asking for. Just give it a shot for eight weeks. Have that experience and see what happens as you move from just sitting in a row to being in a circle. And what we want you to do is take out this card that you got when you came in. If you didn't get one, the ushers are coming down the aisles right now. Just raise your hand. There's one in every program. We need one card per person. If you didn't get one, raise your hand. And uh, they'll give you one right now. So on this card on the back, it says next steps. And there may be several of those that apply to you, but I'm just talking about the one that says groups. Here's what we want you to do. If you don't have one of these, make sure you have one. And if you're with your spouse, you fill one out, they'll fill one out. We need one for each. Uh, uh, check groups. And what will happen is it doesn't mean you're in a group, so don't be worried like, uh-oh, what am I committing to here? All you're going to commit to when you check groups today is to get an email this week that you have to check and you have to respond to. That's it. Pretty simple. Check groups. Somebody will send you an email and then you can say, this is the type of group I want. This is the night that works best. Please don't put me in a group with toddlers. I only have toddlers. Please don't put me in a group with toddlers. Or, or I want to be in a group with kids. I love it. We want to figure out childcare together. Whatever group that you're thinking this would be great for me, hopefully we have something to offer that will help you do that. It'll be a short-term thing. That's what we're asking everybody commit to is just get in a group. So you check this today. It just means you'll get an email. Please print clearly so we can see uh, what your email address is and you will get an email this week 
and it will instruct you on how to sign up for a group. And then on the 25th of September, that's the group link day that we've talked about, you'll be able to go out, in the audit, uh, go out and, and meet some people who are out there that, that lead the different types of groups. Or you may already know by then exactly what group you're going to be in. So uh, that's what group link is going to be on September the 25th. So please fill one of those out. Uh, serve on a team is another next step. There's always an opportunity to serve. And then give generously. It's interesting in the first century it said they actually sold stuff to help each other out. And so maybe for you, uh, it's, it's taking a step up in your generosity wherever you are, starting to give or giving more, whatever that is. Because our checkbook reveals our priorities. And so whatever, wherever you are with your generosity, we ask everybody to take a next step. So that's what it looks like. Put those back up, the, that list. That's what it looks like to make a commitment to the mission of our church. I'm willing to come back. I'm willing to invite people. I'm willing to uh, be a follower of Jesus. I want to connect in a circle, serve on a team, and give generously. When you do that, at LifePoint, when you say, when you make a decision that, hey, I want to be a part of this church, a lot of people will say to me, how do we become a member of this church? You can't. You can't be a member of our church. Nobody in here can be a member of our church. Membership, a lot of great churches do membership. Membership uh, just seemed to uh, become something when we used to do it that just, I didn't really mean anything. It's like I'm a member of this organization or a member of this gym. It just, it didn't quite have what we read about in Acts chapter two and Acts chapter four. Those people wouldn't have thought, well, I'm a member of this church that meets on this street. I don't think they would have thought that. But what they would have been are people who were sold out to the mission of Jesus Christ. And so that's what we ask people to do. And it comes from the book of Philippians chapter 1 when the apostle Paul said this. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. For whenever I pray, I make requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. So... When those things that we just listed, those six things, are in your life as part of our church, then you're a mission partner. You are a partner with us on the mission of helping people get connected with God. That's the next steps that would determine whether or not you're a mission partner. Because if you're just coming and sitting, which everybody needs to do that for a while, but eventually help the mission move forward. Get yourself out of neutral, get involved in something and help it move forward and go to new places and reach new people and make an even bigger difference in the world. Being a mission partner means I am in, I am part of this. I want to move forward, I want to serve, I want to help make it happen. When you do that, you will no longer be surrounded or no longer be influenced by your surroundings like you are when you're neutral. When you're just sitting there and somebody else is determining the direction of your life and not you. Now that's a lot of information for one day. I gave you three lists of this, six lists of that. And that's a, that's a big no-no when teaching because I only get so much of your attention. But I thought, how else am I going to do it? So I just said, here are the lists. But the thing I want you to focus on is what's the next step you need to take? And if you can just say, I want to be in a group, we also need people to facilitate. If you're like, I would like to host one or I would like to help facilitate, that's really needed right now. And we'll help get you equipped, help you do that. All you got to do is back on the back of that card, check that you're willing to be a group facilitator and we'll be in touch with further instructions. But even though I gave you a lot of information, what we're asking you to do 
is determine where you are and take a next step. Because everything that's going on in your life right now is creating a story that can be told later on how God worked when you moved. There may be things in your life right now that, you, that are tragic, that are horrible, that you don't know why it happened to you. But as you start to take next steps of faith and get out of neutral, you're going to be able to look back through a different lens and you're going to be able to say, that's why that happened. That's why that happened. And because of that happened, I can see how God is now using me in a whole new way. There's a guy at our church named Jamie. And he has a story as he looks back, as he looks into the past, he can see how that story is connected to what he's doing right now at our church today. Take a look at this. Very impactful historical events. I think everybody remembers where they were exactly at that certain point in time, what they were doing, where they were. And, uh, you know, my experience was, uh, was unique just in the fact that I was in the World Trade Center on uh, 9-11. It was a beautiful day, as everybody recalls. It was perfect. And I was uh, on my way to the elevator in the lobby there in the 61st floor, and I was going to go up to the observation deck. I managed to run into my roommate at the time, and we were given roommates, um, and talked with him for a few minutes. And then shortly thereafter, one of the, uh, you know, we, we heard a noise that sounded kind of like, uh, like a lunch bag being popped, you know, like poof. And at this time, you know, where we were in the building, we couldn't really see the other tower, but that was the time it was impacted by the first plane. But we did, looking down at the harbor, see an unbelievable amount of you know, ash and papers, like snowing papers, just crazy. And so didn't really have much of an idea as to what could have happened. I mean, you can't really imagine that, you know, scenario necessarily. The Port Authority ran security for the Trade Center complex uh, announced in the, in the bullhorns in the stairwell as we went down, I can't remember what exactly, what floor, I think it was between 40 or 50, um, that the building was secure and returned to your offices. My best recollection was, I think we were between like 21 and 24 is when our tower is impacted by, by the uh, plane. And it was an unbelievable, unbelievably fr frightening moment of the whole experience because yeah, I mean, it, you can't imagine how hard of an impact that was because it swayed, gosh, I don't know, 15 feet. I mean, it swayed enough that people were knocked over where we were. I mean, 110 stories in the building, we were, you know, in the 20s. People were knocked down, and it was just, it was a really violent collision. Some cracks had developed in the stairs, and you feel the, the stairs kind of buckle down. I think it was that point in time where, you know, I had some thoughts that that was probably, was probably it, but uh, but once we got out of the uh, the the, the uh, stairwell, you know, the there was a it, it let you out at one floor below the street, and it was a big shopping mall, and so we all ran through the shopping mall just trying to get you know to the exit. My grandfather recently passed away uh, about a month prior, and and at that time I don't think. 
My faith or spirituality was necessarily where it should have been. Um, and I thought for years and years and years that that was my grandfather's presence guiding. It was actually when we, my wife and I, Ashley did a starting point group with Kurt and Lori Ehlert, and they had a set, you know, a point in time in every single meeting that we had where people would tell their story. You know, talking through it, I think helped a lot, just made me realize that it wasn't necessarily my grandfather, but that was, you know, that was the presence of God, so. This really was a springboard for me to start a, uh, a men's morning Bible study group, and we meet once a week. And uh, there's a core group of guys, we'd love to grow it, and I think we will, but um, that was one of the great things that came out of, you know, just getting going in terms of a smaller group like Starting Point, and that did turn into something else that, you know, that the creation of that group, so. So that's Jamie's story. People that were found by Christ, and I wish we could play the whole 20 or 30 minute version of it, but people who were found by Christ helped him get closer to Christ and be a found person. Found people, finding people. And there are more Jamies out there. They're moving to our city every single day. And we want you to help us find more Jamies who can find this relationship with Christ and look back on their life in such a way that says, now I get some clarity as to why those things happened and to how God can use those things to make me an even more confident follower of him and to help me make more sense out of the things that have happened in my life. Maybe you're a Jamie today where you're looking in the past thinking, I don't know why any of that happened. But now when I look back, I can see that it was God. That's the mission that we're asking you to be a part of, to help people get connected with God. But in order for us to do that, it's going to take a lot of people, like it did in the book of Acts that we just read about. It's going to take a lot of people taking a step. A lot of people saying, I'm going to take a step. I'm not staying in neutral. As Abby backed down that driveway on that motorcycle with it, you know, like that, she finally got it in gear, and it slammed into the back of my car <laughs> fast. And as long as I had that car, I would look at that, that. It wasn't too bad of a scratch, but I would look at that, and I would remember that moment when she, you know, was trying to learn how to ride this motorcycle. And when you look back at your life, all the memories that may be hurtful, that may be difficult, as you become a person who is a follower of Christ, those can get into focus in a new way. And hopefully that inspires you to take a next step and say, I want to be a part of a mission that's making a difference in my generation. 
And so we're asking you, on the, also on the back of that card that we want everybody to have, there's a, at the bottom, there's a, a line across the bottom, and it just says, here's where I am, and we're asking you to make a decision. Many of you already have, but your decision is, hey, I'm, am I a mission partner? Many of you already are. You just checked that. It means those six things that I just talked about, that you're in on that, that you've done that or you're going to do that. If you haven't been baptized, that's next Sunday. If you haven't ever given, you've got a chance to do that anytime. Or any of the other things I talked about, about getting in a group or just taking a step in to serve. So check, yep, I'm in. I want to be a mission partner. Because if you're not on mission with us, you are the mission. You're the person that we're trying to reach. And maybe you just want to be really honest today and say, well, I am the mission. I'm the person you're trying to reach. And then many of you are probably somewhere between that and that. Being a mission partner and being on, being being the mission or being a mission partner. And you're somewhere in the middle. And just take your pen and just indicate where you think you are. Are you leaning towards it? You still feel like you're just starting your journey? Wherever you are, just indicate that. You'll have, go ahead and do that now as I wrap up. And just let us know. You'll get some communication from this. So please let us know. Clearly write your name and email address and any other information on the front of there. So even though today was a lot of information, we wanted to inspire you to say, I don't want to be a neutral anymore. I don't want to be so influenced by my surroundings that they determine my direction. I want to determine that I am taking a next step. I'm moving forward. I'm no longer going to be a neutral. That's what we want every single person in here to do. Because found people keep growing. Let's pray. God, thank you for Jamie's story that that clearly shows that he now realizes that the, the tragedy he experienced 15 years ago, that you can use that. You can use that to, to help people move forward. And I pray that everybody in this room that's experienced tragedy, that you guide the way so it can help them move forward. And I pray people were able to take next steps today and to be a bigger part of the mission of helping people get connected to you. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.